Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I don't want to say opportunity to stop watching because that sounds like I wanted to stop watching. I never had like the the glance backwards of like, is this, do I want to keep watching this? Because I was watching with somebody else. So it was just like, oh, well, we're obviously going to just like do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I never hesitated with Parks and Rec for some reason, but I have mm-hmm. with many, many other shows. Glee was another one. I got four seasons in and then I was just like, fuck this. I am not into this anymore. Wow. You made it four. I made it like two and a quarter. I have, I have, I have one thing to say about Glee and then I'm realizing it's been 20 minutes and we should start our actual thing. Um, (laughs) uh, My, my thing to say about Glee is that that show threw all of its cards on the table in the first season. It had every, every potential big high school drama plot in the first season. There was teen pregnancy. There was this like weird secret thing with like Schuster and his wife. There was uh characters coming out as gay. There was a like big bully. Like it was all on the table in the first season and there was like no possible realistic comedy stakes for them to go to. And that's why it lost its shit so fast for me. Yep. And then they went, like, I appreciated them going to, like, the Rachel Finn drama. I appreciated that. And then them obviously going to the next level of competition. I don't remember if it was sectionals or if they went to state in the second season. But I do remember enjoying that aspect of it and just watching them succeed in their glee club. But that was really, yeah, you're right. They really tapped out first season. They just went whole hog. Mm -hmm. And then they really had nowhere to go from there. (laughs) And it just kind of derailed. You're Mm -hmm. not wrong. But but a show that had everywhere to go. This one. Boy Meets World. This one. Boy Meets World. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what we're actually talking about. Um, I uh, promise you (laughs) that's what you're here for. Hi. Welcome to the Feeny Call. I'm Skylar. Hello. I'm Megan. Today, we are discussing Season 5, Episode 4. The title is Fraternity Row. And you are on the recap, so have fun with that. Oh, it's my turn. All right, let's do it. We'll just get into it. Cut the bullshit. We'll just do it. Oh, wait. 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 Fun fact. Fun fact. That's first. God damn it. Five seasons and we just lose all our structure. I know. Just like Glee. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So the fun fact for today is that we have another continuity problem, of course, because Julius Carey, who plays Professor Michaels, comes back later as Sergeant Moore, Angela's father. I don't know why they couldn't have found another actor for that or if they really just had such a good time working with him the first time that they brought him back. But that's Angela's father in the classroom who's teaching that Mm -hmm. philosophy class. Mm -hmm. I I like him as an actor. Mm -hmm. That's my fun Mm -hmm. fact for today. All right, my turn. Here we go. And four, three, two, one. All right, so Sean is like, I'm going to go and take this college class to impress this girl, and he's kind of blowing off shit in Feeney's class, and he goes to a philosophy class, and he finds out that he really likes it, and so he starts skipping high school, and then Feeney suspends him for skipping class, and then he also sucks at writing college papers because he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's like, Mr. Feeney, I need help, and Feeney's like, you could do this maybe one day, but you need to learn shit first, and meanwhile, Eric and Jack are like, we're going to have a fraternity in our apartment, and they try to fool the dean, and the dean's like, nope, you can't fool us because the love boat guys are there, and that's that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much everything that happens. Uh huh. This is another. It's a good episode. It is. It's a good one. This is another episode.
episode that I finished and I was just like, I feel like we didn't make a lot of progress in like, I keep thinking about season five as the, as the season where we pick up and we have a lot of storyline in this season, but so far I'm not getting a lot of that. I mean, we're only on episode four, but even last week and this week, it feels very disjointed. I think because last week we worked on Sean's whole, like, oh, well, I'm going to go wherever you go. And why are you trying to get into colleges that I can't get into? And we see him showing an interest in going to college, uh, or at least a nearby college, uh, to Corey. And now he doesn't want to go to college at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just having a hard time keeping up with Sean's. I, I'm also wondering how many times we can do the storyline. Sean Hunter is not going to go to college, but then discovers by the end of the episode that maybe he should go to college. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like we did how many different ways can we present this? Right. We did this roundabout with Eric last season and honestly the season before. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. something that I'm already tired of. And so mm-hmm. while I did enjoy while I did enjoy aspects of this episode, I feel like this one, I was just ready to be kind of done with it and get on to some some more fun ones. Because next week, we have The Witches of Penbrook, which is, of course, a Halloween episode, and it's super fun. Mm. So I was like, can we yeah. do that one instead? Just skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, here's what I, I appreciate about this episode is it addresses the fact that Sean is living in largely a college community. Uh, yes. and And is like... I don't know, it brings some attention to like the fact that that would in fact affect his life in some way. Yes. Uh, and so that's kind of nice, I guess, that they bring that around. I think um, we don't see, what's her name? The actress from two episodes ago or whatever. No. We don't see her again, but the girls that- in 3B. I was about to say the 3B girls, there are currently three of them. And I think we're going to keep that being a revolving door of, uh, because it doesn't, um uh Candace Cameron Bird, doesn't she live in 3B in the next episode? <laughs> yes. She is, like moves in or whatever. Yes. So yeah. we had the actress mm-hmm. and then we had Well, and I was under the impression that the actress when she brought when she was on that date with Jack where they were dancing in the kitchen. That was, was her roommate. Yeah. That was her roommate. And so I'm like, hi uh so far we have four girls living there, and then we're gonna have, yeah, next next episode five and Maybe a mm-hmm. whole coven living there at the end of the next episode. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three B really is a real revolving door. It yeah. is truly the um, the bathroom slash yeah. principal's office uh, <laughs> of of yep. the new location. Mm-hmm, what did for you sure. learn? Uh, I you gotta you you gotta learn the basics. Um, gotta know when to hold them. Gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I think that's what they want us to learn is that like you gotta learn the basics, I guess. Which I'm gonna try and extrapolate to like a larger life lesson in that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's the thing, right? Think of a time you've picked up a new hobby in the last five years. Any any new hobby where you've been like, I'm gonna learn this instrument or I'm gonna mm-hmm. start this this crafting project or whatever it is. For me, it is uh, whittling. I've tried to pick up whittling two or three times now. And, and the thing is, is I pick those things up and then I find that I'm not immediately an expert at them and mm-hmm. I'm disappointed by that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have to try to remind myself that like this is a skill that I have no experience in and it takes some time to learn. 
which is like hilarious because here I am with a six-year-old trying to like, and I've, I've taught her how to play chess. And for a while we were playing chess together and having fun, but she doesn't want to play chess anymore because she can't beat me. And I'm not in the business of letting children win at games. Sorry if that disagrees with your philosophy. I'm not in the business of like crushing kids either. <laughs> like, Sky was like, like ha ha, you lost her. <laughs> yeah, like when we played chess, I, I tried to help her and like, you know, as she would make moves, like I would, we would talk through things. I wasn't just like stop, you know, stomping on her in like five moves, but she got frustrated because like she felt that she wasn't good at it and didn't want to play jazz anymore. And so I, and I had these conversations with her. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of practice. You know, I'm much older than you. I've played chess much longer than you. And like, I, I also wasn't good at chess necessarily when I started and now I'm better at it. And so like I can simultaneously have that conversation with a six year old and try to like convince her that you need to learn the basics and practice a skill before you can be an expert at it and feel very confident in that. Yeah. And then meanwhile can like take on a new skill, be upset with my progress and quit it. <laughs> like yeah, I, I can both, I can both preach this lesson and then get pissed off and ignore it with myself. Yes, <laughs> so quickly. Yeah, that's, um, that's adulthood, man. So. That's just <laughs> yeah. Nutshell. Right. So that is that is my big takeaway: is that like you're not gonna be a professional that quickly. Take your time and learn the shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll expand on that because it's similar to like you have to walk before you run. Mm-hmm. all those cliche things, but also just being present and in the moment where you are. And yes, you can look ahead to the future with hope and with excitement, but just be be where you are, be happy with that, be present because everything that you are going through now, you will need later on. It's going to make you what you are later on. So high mm-hmm. school, college, the whole thing, even like this pandemic, the whole thing. We hate it. It sucks. We're having to live through it. And then we're going to get on the other side and it's going to change a lot of things. But we're all going to hopefully have learned something from it. And we can't just constantly sit here and pout and moan and not continue our lives. We have to be present and live through it. And then but but I want to sit here and pout and moan. <laughs> oh, we can do plenty of that. Like I said, it's all part of adulthood is giving the advice and then not actually taking the advice. We can mm-hmm. all sit and pout and moan for a little while, but I don't think that it's not productive to continue to do that for an entire year and a half or however long we're going to be stuck in this thing. So, yes. So here's what I like. And you know what this episode makes me think of is like those stories you read about like this, you know, 12 year old who finishes high school and goes off to college because they're like a mathematical scientific genius. Right. Yes. And I can only imagine. I don't know. Like maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have to assume that reading one of those kids like a philosophy paper or, or even like a literary analysis or a creative writing assignment, like any sort of writing assignment I have to assume could not be wildly exceptional, much like Sean's here where I'm like, and this kid could probably, you know, like if you're the type of crazy child genius, that's like breaking down uh, mathematical problems Mm -hmm. that are, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of your curve, then like, that's one thing. But to under to have like a robust vocabulary and understanding of syntax and rhetorical analysis is like just such a wildly different skill that I have to assume these sort of outstanding geniuses flounder when it comes to those sorts of 
things. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe well, they're actually just like wildly exceptional across the board. Potentially they are, but I can imagine that they probably are able to take like if they are some scientific genius, their science classes are very advanced, but then they still need these very basic English classes, very basic, yeah, writing classes, things where you learn how to structure a paper, how grammar works, all of that. Like you can't be good at, I, I can't imagine that maybe there are exceptions to this rule, but I can't imagine that every like prodigy is good at just everything across the board. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. some behind the scenes tutoring that's happening when it comes to these other subjects that they need to get to the college level. And listen, I've said it a million times, maybe not on this podcast, but the idea of going <laughs> to a college environment at like the age of 12 sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I can't. I It sounds I awful. I can't imagine. No. Kicking off this episode from the beginning, I'm not talking about the dresses because the dresses are hideous, but Eric's wardrobe in this episode, I actually really like it. I'm starting, we're getting to a place with Eric. He's got his new haircut now. We're getting to a place where I actually really like what they're putting him in. The tan or kind of brown sweater with the white shirt underneath. I was into that. I think he looks good. Yeah, yeah I shirt. definitely think they look good in this yeah. episode. They're looking nice. It's good stuff. Finally, Jack is not wearing clothes that are... He's they're still big on him because that was the style, but they don't look like they're so big that he doesn't exist as anything but a floating head and just a, a lump mm -hmm. of clothes, which is nice. Something else that struck me, and I don't know if this struck you. Corey says something about trying to get into college and Sean goes, I'm in college or I'm already in college. And I have a problem with that line because Sean knows there's no way Sean actually thinks that he is in college. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He, does, he doesn't have much of an idea of what auditing a course means. So, uh, <laughs> so here's here. Okay. Actually, this, this is going to feed into that is largely about why studying Western philosophy as a 17, 18, 19 year old is so appealing. Um, okay. So you are, you're at a stage in your life where you're like on this crux of, uh, of, separating childhood and adulthood and you are constantly being told to make decisions but not sure like about those decisions and all these things right and largely western philosophy is really like obsessed with a lot of free will stuff and yeah. a lot of big ideas about your life that are all super individualistic right whereas a lot of eastern yeah. philosophy is very communal so like i got into philosophy at this age and here's the thing right i think it's because you fall or, or at least many people at that age can like fall into this idea of being really in love with these big abstract ideas about how to be an individualistic person mm -hmm. and how to like really seize control over a life that you are like coming into yeah. and have never really had as much control over but now you do and it's like the 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 door to entry is so low or the bar to entry is so low yeah in that like you can understand some platitudes and simple like ideas real quickly and be like oh that's great much like what sean does where he's like i'm gonna use my free will and choose not to come to class and yeah. then like has no understanding that, like yeah man that goes further in that like it's not without repercussion 
Sure, absolutely. Just because you have free will and choose to exercise that to murder someone, like something else happens. It doesn't stop there. And so it's so easy to like get that first step and forget that like beyond that there is more. Yeah. I, it's so dangerous because as far as Sean goes, I do see him actually being pretty decent at philosophy and having an interest in, in that kind of thing, just because of how poetic we later find out he is. However, it's just so dangerous for him, specifically him, because he has had such a difficult time up until this point in life. And he's just he he of all people it's very dangerous for him to be learning some of these things because then he is going to just take it how he wants to take it completely botch what it actually is and then kind of ruin a lot of things in the process including his own obviously his own education his own life Mm -hmm. right he uses it to manipulate situations Mm -hmm. for his own selfish means Um, yes did you take any, did you take like Western philosophy classes at all? You're like freshman, sophomore year of college. I wasn't necessarily interested in that. I was interested more in psychology. I took some psychology classes because that was more my speed. We did in high school what's called mini term. It was the week right before spring break where we would take like fun classes. So freshman year I did sewing and one year I did bread baking and we had all of that for one week. And my senior year I took a philosophy class and it was just half day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed it to an extent. I think the thing that bothers me about philosophy is a lot of things are just so open-ended. It's just like, could be, mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know, this is this, this guy's opinion, but this guy thinks this thing, and like, who actually knows? I guess you can think about it and just that figure was, it out yourself. And I'm like, I don't want- That was my, my project, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I was 17, it was in fact called a 17-year-old pretending to know things about life. And- um, <laughs> It was like probably 20 or 30 pages of like um, excerpts and ideas. And like, I think reflecting on it now is such a bullshit assignment that I did to like escape, escape commitment to actual ideas. Oh, God. I did not take any philosophy courses in college. I did take, uh, like I said, I had, did a psychology minor. So I took like five courses, five psychology courses, and I took a sociology yeah. course as well. My psycho- my sociology teacher was uh, Paul, and I like to compare him to being like Steve Jobs if he did like a shit ton of coke. <laughs> um, oh my god! <laughs> that dude was riled up all the time. Speaking of like papers and writing papers and coursework and things like that, I can't believe uh, Feeny. So Feeny obviously gets heated and assigns Corey this um, this five hundred page that turns into a thousand, that turns into two thousand, then turns into the whole class. Five hundred page. Oh, sorry, words, words. Could you imagine? Wow. He, he starts with 500 words and then it turns into a thousand, then 2000, then it's the whole class has to write 2000 words. I understand him kind of getting worked up. And I definitely remember teachers kind of getting worked up and assigning things last minute before the class ended for one reason or another. But I was like, Feeney, are you really going to sit down and read all of these papers and grade all of these papers? Is that really what you want to, you just made more work for yourself there. I know that sounds like a pain in the ass reading like 20 kids, 2000 word papers on what it means to be a good friend. Yes, that sounds really not (laughs) good. And so I'm like, why did you do this to yourself? It sounds worse for you than for these kids. 
Right. And you're reading not that those are like four page, five page papers on yeah. what it means to be a good friend written by a 20 different 17 year olds. Oh yes. my God. I know. Right. <laughs> Does not like I'll read that once, but I'm not reading 20 of them. He's <laughs> letting Jenny borrow my lip gloss when I'm running low. And right, that's well, now, you, now you're being now you're being very reductive towards oh, 17 yeah. year olds. <laughs> I'm not going to say there's not at least one of those in that stack of oh, papers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I would have written at that point in time. I probably would have written the same thing over and over and just phrased it differently. Yeah, no, that was what a, a lot of my high school papers, I think, yeah. were how many different ways can I present one idea? I have a question. Do you feel that Feeney is fair? I do feel that Feeney is fair. I think that everything he does is very justified, but it's justified. I wish that he would have justified it more to Sean. I wish he would have explained himself a little bit more and why he was making the decisions that he was to suspend him and then also to Corey about assigning the paper. I wish he would have explained himself just a little bit more because I feel like they didn't get to learn anything because he just flew off the handle and assigned this paper or suspended Sean and all of that was justified, but they don't understand why. Cause he didn't really yeah. explain it to them until the very, I mean, until the very end, obviously when Sean's like, Oh, you were doing this because blah, blah, blah. And Sean came to his, that conclusion on his own. But then you've got an entire extra class of students. Who's not having this conversation with Feeney that is still not understanding what's going on. Yeah, man, I'd be so pissed to be one of the other kids in the class. That's like, these motherfuckers out here and their stupid shenanigans have landed me this bullshit 2,000-word paper now, and I don't care yep. about any of it. Yep. All right? I'm just doing my goddamn work. Yep. I honestly, I don't know if Feeney should have unleashed his wrath on the rest of the class, but whatever. He's, again, he's the one who's going to be stuck reading all those 2,000 words on my best friend and I, we went to the park one summer and I fell and she didn't <laughs> laugh and she's a good friend. That makes her a good friend. <laughs> and then you just find 18 different ways to turn that into different paragraphs yes, and correct. change your margins a little bit and make your periods 14 point font instead of 11 yes! point font. <laughs> I'm glad someone else did that too. Oh, oh yeah, that was God. the big trick because we didn't have we didn't have a lot of word count assignments. We had page count page assignments. Count. And yep. Yeah, you go you go out here and you make your margins a little different and you make your periods bigger. And, oh, yeah. uh, and suddenly you've stretched your two and a half page paper into a three page paper. <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. It's what a great, what a great memory. Wow. Also, <laughs> for some reason, this episode, I could not put together that this was the love boat episode. I, I remembered each element of this episode individually, but I didn't remember it as a whole. I didn't, mm -hmm. when we began this episode, I truly forgot that the Love Boat guys showed up and I really forgot until Jack said it. Yeah. Because I, I just didn't, I didn't put it together that this was the episode where they showed up. Because I feel like that that's later for some reason. My mm -hmm. brain is saying, oh, that doesn't happen until the end of the season or whatever. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it just, they just showed up. We didn't even get a warning. Like the monkeys, at least one or two of them showed up before the whole gang showed up and played at the mm -hmm. at the party. But this was just like surprise, love boat people. You know, I gotta say, the B plot in this episode, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's that's like all I have on it. Is it's just it's fine. Whatever. 
Yeah, they're still trying to bond Jack and Eric together so they can start to get into some college level shenanigans. And Mm -hmm. I think that will the past two episodes have helped set up what is to come later. And so I appreciate it for that. But that's Mm -hmm. all I don't I really didn't need their second the B plot in this episode at all. I could have. Yeah, it's fun. I guess it's got some good comedy, but like the A plot even has some decent jokes throughout it, you know? So like, yeah, exactly. I do love Eric. Yeah, it's just fine. Jack comes up in the dress and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And Eric goes, I do. You took that out of my closet. Mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. moments. That's from fine. Eric. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when Jack was almost trying to make it a little transphobic. He was he was doing it comedically, but he was also like mm-hmm. shutting down anytime Jack was like, you weren't uncomfortable. And he's like, no, I'm just pissed that I spent $200 on this dress and I never get to wear it again. Er- Eric is Eric's great in this episode. Some some good moments. Forgettable, but good. Who's your MVP? Feeny. Of no course. hesitation. Yeah, it's obviously Feeny. It's got to be. No one else pulled yep. their weight in this episode at all. I think he, it, it, I couldn't even, because I really thought for a moment, I was like, maybe I should try to make it somebody else. Maybe I should make an effort to think of somebody else because Feeney is the obvious choice. But then I was like, well, Feeney's the obvious choice. Just give it to him. Just, just, just do it. I don't know. It's interesting. We have these humans have this weird thing about us sometimes where we avoid the obvious choice in an effort to be subversive because we feel it makes us more interesting or like something to that effect right um and and i and i just you know like i wonder where that comes from uh sometimes and i think my my theory is that a lot of it is like when you're a kid people often push you to think bigger or to come up with less obvious choices and things like that and then And that, like, instills this idea that when you go for the obvious choice, you are less interesting or less valuable in your opinion and your idea. Sure. Uh, it's just interesting how, how like, the lengths we will go to to make the, like, less obvious choice. And, like, yeah, sometimes maybe that's helpful, but yeah. other times, like, just do the, do the obvious thing. It's just, <laughs> just obvious in this case. Just... It just is. Well, you can find right. us on the things. We are there on Instagram at the Feeny Call Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at Feeny Call. And send us an email, Podcast at Gmail. We also have a link in our bio uh, on our Instagram and also a link in the episode description. So you can leave us a voicemail if you have questions, comments, concerns, you know, any of those things. and Or you just want to say hi. So, hi. Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> well, hi. Mm-hmm. We are, we're there. We're here, we're there, we're everywhere. So, rate, like, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts helps us out. Tell your friends. Tell all of your friends. Even if they don't like Boy Meets World, be like, you listen, you, you know waiting, what? You will. Are you waiting for me to, like, jump in on some of this? Because I I'm, mean, I'm if enjoying you want, the... <laughs> I'm truly just rambling at this point. I, I, I know. I can tell. In, so now I'm just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Ah, you, sound, you sound like you are, like, reading a children's book with one eye closed. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, like Megan said, you can find us online and your social media networks. We're not on Clubhouse because we're not cool enough to get an invite, uh, but we're on the is. other places. Oh, Clubhouse, it's a new invite-only social media uh, platform where basically famous people have like their own chat rooms that are like video and voice chat rooms. And so like, like if you get an invite to join Clubhouse... You have you can't like sign up. You have to get an invitation from an existing user, and then you can get an invite to join Clubhouse, and then you can like tune in to like exclusive conversations with high-profile people. But it, it made some waves a few weeks ago in the news for some. I can't remember exactly why, but it's a we new are thing. definitely not cool to be there. We're not cool enough to be on Clubhouse. We're on all the social medias that like you know. Are accessible by the on, general public. <laughs> right. The ones that like you can get on and free and like help dismantle democracy. Those ones. Yeah. Uh, cool. So anyway, <laughs> we're on the free stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're on that free that free shit. That's all. We're not gonna mm-hmm. make Thanks you guys for listening. Pay. No, yeah. you don't gotta pay for shit. No. If you wanted to like send us some money, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, like, like that's we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> but that's like of your own free will. <gasps> All comes back around full circle. Wow. It's always about free will. <laughs> we're, all just, we're all just visiting, you know? All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. And as always, class dismissed.